my next guest has been a math teacher in a small village in India for 39 years. After he retired, he began teaching underprivileged children for free. And then after seeing the situation of young families around him, he developed an anti-drug, anti-addiction program that he taught himself to students, taking the bus to over 300 schools to teach children and youth about the subject. It's a gift and an honor to have Ram Bhai Patel still with us on the line from India, since he also overcame colon cancer in the past few years. His son, Devil Patel, is with us from New Jersey uh, to help with translation, as well as his other son, uh, Bhavan. And Devil is a software engineer at Bloomberg and runs a data science YouTube channel with well over a quarter of a million subscribers, where he teaches machine learning and programming. Thank you all so much for coming on Changemakers Without Borders. Thanks for inviting us. It's great to have you. So Rambai, what made you do these programs to teach the children about living an anti-drug life? Naturally, he got an inst instinct that rather than just spending time as a senior citizen on like doing nothing, he thought of like, uh, you know, being engaged with this kind of activity where he can help community. And uh, like he, he, he believes in one Hindu sect and one of the saint whom he believed, he said that in your life, when you, you, you will get retired, you should help people who are indeed in great need. So that is the main reason that he started like uh, doing this kind of activities. And what were you seeing in the families around you? What kind of need was there to, to help them with? We got a lot of information through newspaper and TV channel and seeing some incidents and events happen in community that people are suffering a lot. So like many people, they are suffering financially, but when a person is having a like, great prosperity, but they are like wasting their life, money, energy, health, everything in like this kind of like drug and addiction stuff. So he decided to uh, help those kind of people, like educating them that anyway you are wasting your energy, life, money, everything. Did you see a difference between the uh, more the people who are more financially stable versus the underprivileged people? Was there a difference with the amount of drugs that they used, or was everyone the same, no matter how much money you made? He's he saw not no difference whether person is financially rich or poor. He saw the addiction with the same amount in both kind of classes. And while he was teaching as a teacher throughout his career, 39 years he served in a school as a teacher, he saw many incidents, like so many students uh, used to come to his school and he saw the families getting affected because of addiction. So can you tell us a bit about the methods that you use to teach? Like what did you do in the lectures themselves? he uses two approaches like verbally communicating as well as visually communicating so he's a very good orator by the way so he when he was a teacher he used to do a lot of uh, speaking activity so he uses like nice storytelling to convey his idea effectively to students in a simple language and then he keeps some visuals for example if you consume a lot of tobacco 
it can cause tobacco cancer. So he has some visuals with him. Uh, but I mean, if those visuals are available, if someone can bring those, maybe you can show it right now. So those visuals he would use, uh, and that way people get an idea, you know, when they see the picture that, okay, if you consume a lot of tobacco, this is what is going to happen. So it sometimes it just scares people, but in a, he, his intention is to pass the message in a, in a, with good intention. So Rambai, what were some of the reactions from the children that you remember? What, how did they react to these pictures? So the students' reactions was that they were like, it, it, they, when they see the picture, they, you know, they say like the pictures, picture is worth thousand words. So they immediately get an understanding that this is what can possibly happen. Let's say if they have a family member who is consuming tobacco or any other form of addiction. So that gives them a very like a visual indication of what might happen to their loved ones. And his usual reaction of students was that, oh, this is a bad thing. Uh, we should not be consuming uh, tobacco and other uh, any other form of addiction. And we'll also tell other people who are having addiction to refrain from it. Okay, so, the, so here, go yeah, ahead. here we have some uh, graphics. Wow, okay, use. so for the listeners on the line, hold on, bring back that picture. You're, okay. Let's, I'd like to describe it. So we're seeing an older man um, with very uh, deep scars on his cheeks um, and tubes going out of his nose, I believe, um, and on his forehead. What is this? What is the ailment? Uh, I see it's from cigarettes. Yeah, it's so cigarettes. Is this cancer in the in the face? Yes, it's a, it, it's a mouth cancer or mouth cancer. Wow, that's a it's harrowing a picture. Uh, this is also the same mouth cancer. Well, this is a even more disturbing picture of a man whose cheeks is, are super like twice as inflamed as a normal adult cheek. Um, and there's black um, stuff coming out of his mouth uh, seemingly uncontrollably. Is there more pictures? Yes. Uh... This is keep also, it, it. this is from uh, alcohol, alcohol use. Yes, this is from alcohol and tropical both. And what is this thing that's like this almost arm coming out of this man's mouth? Like, is that, <laughs> that's how it looks like. Like there's a, there's a tissue coming out of that mouth. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I suggest people, if they want, if they're curious to uh, search uh, mouth cancer pictures and they will they will see what, exactly what we're talking about or also go on the YouTube channel of Changemakers Without Borders, you will see the video. Yeah. Are there any other pictures? Yes, we have a lot of pictures. Just okay. <laughs> Right, so uh, this picture shows that this person now, because of the cancer, he cannot eat, so he... He has to eat through his nose, like means that is as you can see that there is a pipe going into his nose, and he has to consume the liquid diet only, liquid food only. So he can't ingest anything through his mouth. No, 
Yes. So that's correct. So he cannot ingest anything through his mouth because of tobacco. He probably has mouth cancer. And then because of that, now he's eating liquid through his nose, the pipe going through his nose. And Brian, if you show the other picture, there are some uh, messages also written in the regional language. So Brian, can you show the previous picture? Just, so my just father would show that picture in front of the students and there is a message written in a, uh, a you know, in a regional language. Yeah, so, so this is, this message is saying addiction is basically the, you know, it's a, the way hell. to, gateway to hell. <laughs> Rambai, what were some stories? Could you share with us one story that you shared? We have seen some real incidents in the society where uh, in India, uh, there is only one bread earner in the home. So let's say there is a there is a young male earning you know, bread and butter for the entire family. And that person has parents, etc. But because of addiction, let's say the person dies, then the whole family gets affected financially because they lost their sole bread earner. And also it is mentally devastating for the parents because parents are alive and they lose the child. How many kids do you feel that you helped? Like how many kids did you meet? Usually uh, the student size is 500 because the schools are bigger in India. So when he gives this lecture, uh, there are students from multiple classes, almost like an entire school attending. So in the usual attendance in, in his session is around 500 and he has done 300 schools so far. So 300 into 500, like 150,000 students total. Wow. And were there children that came to you personally to tell them about how you helped them uh, through these lectures? Usually uh, the students come to my father after getting inspiration from his seminar and they take an oath, you know. In India, like people are religious and spiritual and sometimes if they want to do something, they will usually take an oath. So oath, they yeah. will take an oath that, okay, we will convince our loved one who is, you know, going through this addiction problem to not consume it and we'll try our best. And he has one incident where he goes to a local temple for worship. So one day two girls came to meet him. And those girls said that after getting inspiration from his seminar, they requested their father who had a bad alcohol addiction to give that up. And his father got convinced because you know, like your, your daughter, your loved daughters are making you a sincere request. So my father was emotionally touched and he left, uh, he gave up alcohol and that family is in a much better situation right now. So he has these kind of real stories, you know, where his work has made some impact on the ground. Wow. That's, <laughs> you know, to save a life is, is huge, but to say, to go around and talk with so many students and how I know that, you know, Rambai went and, and bust all over to, he didn't agree to, to use a private car. He just went uh, and uh, put his own time as a volunteer uh, to talk with these students and to, to 
from what I understand, basically you you went uh, um, and read newspapers to see what were the stories of uh, people who were who were passing away from these drug addictions, and you brought that material also into your lessons. Is that correct? Yes. Yep, that is correct. So you you were mentioning that you were talking about like how you were bringing these stories of young men dying uh, needlessly. What were some other powerful stories that that you used in uh, your lectures? Or was that the main okay. thing that you kept bringing new new stories from newspapers? Ek <laughs> okay. So my what he's saying is he will use like small like like almost like a funny quotes to convey his idea in an effective way. See, see there is a rhyme like daruna batla motna khatla. So batla and khatla there is a there is a rhyme to it, right? Rhythm to it. But what it means is if you consume a lot of alcohol, eventually you will sleep on a deathbed. The another saying he was using is there is a the cigarette is only two inch three inch but it can uh, it can eventually you know you can eventually lie down on the death bed like the two inch cigarette can cause a six feet man to lie down on a death bed so he would use this kind of uh, funny quotes almost you know when he says that you, it will make you laugh but at the same time it's very easy to remember these quotes because they're funny and there is a rhyme to it. They're almost like poetic. Yes. So, so that way. Hmm. Uh, my, uh, he also collected like a lot of, I think, more than 14 pages statistic. And one of the statistics, it says that one cigarette, one single cigarette can decrease your life by 10 to 12 minutes. Right. So like if you consume a cigarette, for a year, right? Then it will reduce your life by one month and 10 hours, right? So if you, if you and, do one one cigarette a day for a year, it will reduce. Yeah. But actually most people <laughs> don't stop at one cigarette because it's so addictive. Rambai, there, there are a lot of people who, um, you know, who talk also about the use of marijuana. Marijuana is considered maybe a softer drug um it's uh, maybe there it has some health benefits you know people take it also for pain as pain medication they think it, they say it's also more natural than taking pharmaceutical drugs what do you think about the mar- marijuana use in general what he's saying is uh, for medicinal use maybe it is okay in some extent just with the doctor's recommendation but the people who consume it for the pleasure in a greater right. quantities he has this another quote saying that So charas and taras. So charas means the marijuana. Taras means uh, the um, thirst. Yeah. So basically he's like, like whoever consumes uh, marijuana in a greater quantity is like they, they will not have any thirst or they will not have any urge to drink water because they will be dead anyway. So how can a dead person drink water? Uh, they will not have any thirst. Thirst, uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's I actually wonder. quite a powerful, powerful uh, quote there. Because <laughs> if we think about how important water is, then yeah, what you're saying is like, you you haven't 
not only you will be dead, but I think there's also another perspective to that quote that we can look at, which is you have no desire to live. You know, you have, if you, if you don't want to drink water, you don't want to live at some point. Exactly. So, yes. So from his point of view, from, from, from your point of view, um, is marijuana as damaging as other drugs? The marijuana and other drugs, they're all kind of same. It's not good to have them as a pleasure. If you are using it for a medicinal purpose under doctor's guidance, then it is okay. But if you are using it for pleasure, what he's saying is once you use it once, even in a small quantity, now you have a lot of craving. So it, it, that craving becomes it almost hard to stop and you just keep on increasing your quantity. And here's another quote, which is mm-hmm. So the uh, marijuana in Gujarati is called Ganjo. That's a Gujarati word of the marijuana. And Ganjo, if you take the first word, Ganjo, Jokham. So that means you have a risk of becoming mad person. What what is his uh, alternative to drugs? People can take pleasure by reading good books, by becoming spiritual, meditating, by become you know like maybe prayer is another way to uh, spend time in a good way another way is to spend time in nature spending time in nature can give you a pleasure uh, yeah, then spending time with family you know so having good social value having spending basically time with your loved ones these are some of the ways that he thinks people can use to get rid of boredom a thousand percent um, Rambai, how, how did you feel when uh, you were told by the doctors that you got colon cancer? What he's saying is, uh, he, when he uh, heard about his diagnosis of colon cancer, the first thought he, that came to his mind was, I'm going to be all right. And he has a big family. We live in a joint family uh, in India. Actually, we have a big family of 12 people. So he said that my whole family is with me. My God, he's a very religious person. My God is with me. Nothing is going to happen to me. So he kept on telling that to himself that I will be all right. And because of God's will, uh, he, he became better. And do you feel like that's something that people... <clears throat> Um, is that missing for some people a sense of direction uh, a sort of faith um, even optimism is that something that's missing that's causing people to get into drugs like you know that what you're saying um, it maybe is not the typical reaction for a lot of people when they when they get uh, um, diagnosed with with such a well with any cancer <laughs> If people have faith in God or faith in the destiny, 
they will end up doing okay. And today medical science has advanced so much. So there are effective treatments available. So people need to have faith in the medical science as well as God or like spirituality, you know? So I think overall from what he's saying is the, the spiritual dimension of person's personality plays an important role with with people who who um are already experiencing uh, a, a sort of addiction uh, to something um what would you tell them today how to get out of such an addiction how to fight that addiction first thing is a person when if many times people have addiction and they get a lot of craving and they want to leave the addiction but it's kind of it becomes very hard because of those strong cravings so when let's say if you are smoking cigarette and if you have the craving for smoking cigarette what he's saying is first look at your family look at your loved ones you know if you continue with this habit eventually you will have health issues and your entire family is going to be impacted. So thinking about your beloved is number one technique. Number two is when you're having that craving, maybe uh, drink some herbal, you know, like in India, they, there's a, this thing called amla, which is a gooseberry. So if you drink the gooseberry drink or some green juices, that can help you with those cravings or it's eating some fresh fruits also meditating or praying you know those kind of things can help divert your mind from those craving to somewhere else and these are the some of the techniques he think can be useful What I'm hearing, you know, the first thing that that uh, Rambai said there was think about your loved ones, think about your your family. And and really the that that message is very powerful. It talks about basically taking responsibility, thinking about what your actions could do really not not so much to yourself. It's more of a selfless thing about what what your actions um, will cause in other people's lives? What consequences will your actions create in other people's lives, in your children's life, in your in your husband or wife's lives? Um, and, and that's a very powerful thought. And I think that if we have that in our head more, then we would, um, well, it would it would help a lot with with uh, maybe with not reaching so much for for the the alcohol or, or the other drugs. I think though yeah, yeah. that one of the one of the issues that that we're seeing, um, especially in the young generation, is is a is more loneliness, especially in 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 the pandemic. Actually, a lot of the people who who are um, who are in getting into drugs are not necessarily family people who have a family, but people who are single. Um, and 70% of, or like 77% of the people who, who um, are overdosing are actually men. Does he have any um, thoughts on why is it that men are more uh, susceptible to, 
to getting into drug addictions and, and drug overdose? Uh, there are a couple of reasons he believes why men, men are more addictive than women. Uh, one is the profession. There are, let's say, truck drivers, you know, like even pilots, like the people who are in a stressful occupation, they tend to be male. And if you're a truck driver, let's say, driving truck for 12 hours, 15 hours to get a relief, some mental relief, you might consume alcohol or, you know, like cigarette, tobacco, whatever. So it's like the occupational thing. Number two reason he thinks is that generally women are more wiser than men. <laughs> In general, that's his belief that women are more wiser than men. Uh, I think what he means probably is wiser as well as responsible, you know. When you have a family, let's say husband, wife, two, three kids in the family, woman, the mother will be more accountable, more responsible. Whereas man might not be as responsible or accountable as woman. So that's why, you know, woman will not go down that path too much. Third reason is uh, he believes the company or the friends, you know, usually the male male friend circle will be such that they want to venture out, they want to do adventurous things, which and they might experiment with drugs or tobacco, things like that. And once you try, start trying those, eventually you will go down the rabbit hole and you will not be able to come out. The fourth reason is he believes is in general because of the personality male female personality male are less spiritual as well compared to women and that that having that void in your spirituality dimension also contributes to men becoming more addictive than women by the way devil i have to say you have a great memory good job <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Those are uh, really, uh, I feel very deep reasons, and I, I see how how much he's thought about this issue. I think maybe another another possible reason uh, is that men tend to um, have higher incomes, and, and meaning that they have more money means that they could also buy more drugs, also more yes. um, um, more expensive drugs like cocaine is very expensive. Right. So my, what he's saying is, yes, he uh, agrees with your point uh, that if you have a higher income, you have more scope of spending your money. And because of that, sometimes, you know, because of higher income, you might not be mentally as strong because you can just spend easily, you know, you have very easy medium of trying new things. So you might not become mentally that is very strong that, okay, I should not be going down this route. Because you have money, you have means to spend money on, on those uh, different experiments. Also, I believe in like countries like India, for example, where he did most of his work, there, even 70% of families today, male earns the, the main income from the home. Women are mainly housewives taking care of children, 
and we can go into those issues i mean things are changing but because of social cultural reasons still late majority of the families male is the sole uh, bread earner and male has all the financial authority so even if woman wants to let's say do something they don't have those financial means mm. so that could also be the reason that was part 1 of my interview with devil's father rambai patel you can see the video on change makers without borders youtube channel there you'll be able to see the photos that we were referring to as well as the wonderful interactions that we had all three of us rambai patel devil patel and bavin patel I was so honored to have this ordinary hero on Change Makers Without Borders. These kinds of people with their boots on the ground are the people who make so much change but yet get so little recognition. Thank you so much for listening to Change Makers Without Borders. I'm your host Mike Cooper and this is on CKWR 98.5.